Welcome to Ike's Flame. Join us on another Star Wars adventure. Punch it, Chewie. Hey y'all, Ike here, and uh, we're back for another episode of the week of Ike's Flame. And this week, I am super excited. Uh, I got guests on, um, named Andy. Um, he's going to come and talk, and we're going to chat um, about the uh, spirituality of Star Wars and what all uh, we can... Uh, some a little bit where George Lucas came from. I found some, I learned some things from him. That's super interesting. So I hope you guys enjoy episode this week as we dive in. Um, I got my little buddy here, uh, my dog. Um, she says hi as well. And, um, uh, but I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Andy about spirituality and the uh, really interesting uh, aspects that we dig into. And, uh, yeah, so just enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll be back with you at the end. Alrighty, friends. Um, I got another guest with us today, and I'm super excited um, to talk and have some good conversation today with Andy, um, who is joining us. Um, and Andy is... Uh, he has a Instagram um, feed, and it is Jedi Library, right? Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, um, and he does some philosophy stuff on there with um, quotes and all that stuff. So, um, and we'll get into that later. But how are you, Andy? I'm very well, thank you, Isaac, and thanks for inviting me on the show today. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I love I. One of the things I love about being able to do podcasting and specifically Star Wars is interviewing people and like why people love Star Wars, why like why does it intrigue you and um, all that stuff. And so it's just fun to other talk to others that um, enjoy Star Wars. So um, that way, um, th- this way our listeners can kind of get to know like who you are and um, that sort of thing. Like what got you into star wars and what what is like that there's one or two things that you're like man i really love this about star wars yeah so i'm going to kind of betray my age a little bit here but when i was um six or seven years old i was quite ill as a child and it was kind of undiagnosed no one knew what it was but anyway the doctors kind of signed me off school and said you can't go to school for a few months my parents had just bought a vhs player so this is okay. what's da- this is what's dating yeah, me here. Yeah. And I don't know, about a month after that, my dad brought home this big old cassette box that the VHS mm. cassettes used to come in. Yeah. And it said Star Wars on the front. I think it also had a sticker saying X rental copy. So it kind of tells you where he got it from. He got it from a <laughs> video cassette rental shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he bought it and he said, Look, I think you'll like this. Anyway, the next day I'm like wiped out from what I'm ill with. And I'm on my folk sofa. I put the cassette in the machine and off I go. And basically that first watch and I'm completely intoxicated. And it's no exaggeration to say that over the next six months or so, age seven, I think, I probably watched that movie. I mean, at least once a day, quite often twice a day, because it was the only movie we had. And so that, I think, just sort of infiltrated into me at that very impressionable Mm. young age. Yeah. Then just the way the movies came out, I then saw Return of the Jedi in the cinema. Okay. And then kind of a year or two later, Empire came out on the telly, which I recorded on the aforementioned VHS recorder. Yeah. 
And then, of course, for the longest time, it was just those three movies. Yeah. So got to know those very, very well as a kid. And then some of the books started coming out. Mm, so yeah. Air of the Empire series in the early yeah. 90s. And we heard rumours that Lucas wanted to do either prequels or follow-on movies and that there might be nine, but this was all kind of hearsay. Um, but my love for the franchise was those original first three mm, movies. Yeah. yeah. And I guess what's slightly weird and what I've continued is that even having watched those movies at a young age, it wasn't Luke Skywalker or Obi-Wan or Darth Vader or Leia, or I wasn't like into the characters yeah. very much. It was this notion of the force that mm, completely yeah. intoxicated me. And I'm like, okay, even at that age, I realized that lightsabers probably don't exist, that mm. like faster than light travel, probably not possible. <laughs> yeah. But what is this thing that they're referring to called the force? What, what is that? Yeah. Does it bear any resemblance to this sort of early notions of God or religion that you have as a kid? And yeah. so it just started from that little seed and has kind of grown from there. So, mm. yeah, 40 years later now, believe yeah. it or not, um, that has kind of been my side project, irrespective yeah. of what I've been doing in school or with work. Yeah. That has always been going on in the background. And it kind of got to the point um, eight years ago now that I joined up to a website called Temple of the Jedi Order. I don't know if any of your um, viewers or listeners will have heard of that. Yeah. But it's, an, it's an online kind of society. Okay. And I've, I've been involved with that, not in the middle of it, somewhat to the side of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, going through what they do there. I've met lots of people there, met lots of people there, and that's all been fun. And then basically two years ago, I thought, actually, there might be a broader audience of people who don't necessarily want to join what looks like an institution, because a lot of people have problems with institutions. Um, but they might just want to, um, you know, get some content which is relating to philosophy, some of the spiritual side, even a religious angle um, to do with the Star Wars universe. W what yeah. is the force? What, what what could a Jedi be in yeah. our world here on Earth in the 21st mm. century? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a that's a very intriguing question. And uh, like, and I think we like especially as a kid like everyone thinks about like hey, what would it be like if the jedi was like here and like how would we and like just i mean and then you can go into the everything that would go into that with philosophy and the things behind it and uh it, yeah i think it's, it's just so interesting you mentioned kind of the prequels and i mean i know we get into the sequels and the tv series like have you kept up with all that and like um like what do you think? Like, do you like it? Is there some stuff you like, some stuff you don't like? Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I found the Phantom Menace tricky because mm, I yeah. guess I was 23, 24 years old. Okay. And, and, it, and it was still kind of a kid's movie. So I enjoyed it. But mm -hmm. I was definitely um, of that generation who somehow wanted to rekindle their youth when that yeah. just wasn't possible. A movie yeah. really cannot do that. And I think um you know the press it got at the time was way too harsh it's a fine movie and i now have friends in the community 
that was their equivalent of a new hope for me and they yeah. love it as much as a new hope as i love a new yeah. hope yeah. i totally respect that so i enjoyed the prequels um and then the sequels obviously have come out more recently and i, I was fine with the force awakens um from my perspective i thought the last jedi got a huge amount correct which i totally mm. respect maybe a contentious opinion yeah yeah um and then last skywalker there were some things that i found tricky but again there was plenty they got right as well so yeah definitely all the movies i love rogue one mm, i love yeah. solo so yeah. those additional ones and then I was slow with the Clone Wars. So I okay. actually watched Rebels first and then thought, okay, okay I'm really going to understand what's going on here. I need to watch the Clone Wars. So I then did yeah. that. And then uh, what have we had since then? Mando, yeah. Obi and Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, and in fact, my, my dog, who isn't in the room at the moment, she's 10, nearly 11 years old now, and she's called Ahsoka. So okay. <laughs> I was a That's huge awesome. Ahsoka fan yeah. you know, what, four, 10 or 11 years ago. So yeah. that was a long answer to what's a quite a short answer could have been. Um, yeah. yeah, I've consumed all of it. I'm, a, okay. I'm still a fan, but I also yeah. look at it with this eye of thinking, okay, I thought that explanation for this part of it was awesome. I then think, well, that one, yeah. I wish I could talk yeah. to the writers sometimes mm. to give them a a little extra spin but that's just yeah. me wanting to stick my nose in i think they've generally done a pretty good job yeah yeah definitely i and i would agree yeah i'm um i'm a prequels era kid um so like yeah. i get like that's that's what i grew up with so like um for me and i think for me it's like those are good movies but like i they are all for me it's more of a nostalgia thing and so i enjoy yeah especially out of the nostalgia um and that sort of thing um and i would agree with you i think like the last shot i i i um i think the more i've watched it um and more i've watched the sequels the more i have enjoyed them and felt less uh less uh maybe betrayed by what disney has done <laughs> um and kind of understood that so yeah I, I i get you there i think I said, like, I feel like the more I've watched them, the more I kind of like, okay, I see what they're doing or what, at least even what they were trying to do if I'm not completely on board with it. And so, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. So let's um, transition kind of our conversation. What I kind of want to talk about for the bulk of our time is, um, and this is what you do on a lot of times on your Instagram, Jedi Library. Um, at least you print out quotes and different things and talk about philosophy um, with Star Wars. So, um, what's that look like for you? Like, just dive into kind of the philosophy side yeah. um, and how how your brain works through that, um, yeah, no, and absolutely. what that looks like. Yeah, so I'd say the platform I probably put most stuff out is on YouTube, and I'm okay. trying to build YouTube. up the Instagram to yeah. kind of fill in some of the gaps. Awesome. There. Yeah. Um, so what I did, um, I mean, this is must be late 90s possibly 97 98 in the yeah. early days of forums on the internet there were people talking about star wars and philosophy yeah and i saw this thing saying um that george lucas had based his ideas on the force the light and the dark and so on from taoism so okay. i'm like i've never heard of taoism yeah before. yeah what's this but in the early days of the internet even then you could still look this stuff up and 
I very quickly saw that Taoism was linked to a an ancient wisdom text called mm. the Tao Te Ching. So I'm like, okay, if this is what inspired the thing that I'm most interested in Star yeah. Wars about, <laughs> I should probably investigate that. Yeah. So I printed it off and read it and I was just completely blown away. I was like, how can this have been written two and a half thousand years ago mm. in China? It has so much relevance. It has yeah. so much wisdom in mm. it. And it connected with me in a way that I had not felt connected to a philosophy or a religion in any sense before. Mm. Yeah. So that set me really off down this path. It gave me something tangible to answer that question I had as a seven or eight year old. Yeah. Is there any relevance to this in mm. in in real life? In yeah. comments? So I researched a huge amount of Taoism um, on the back of that. And we can go into some of the things there, but they're very relevant to Luke's career arc, particularly mm. in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Mm. There are some things which are not Taoist about him at all, yeah, yeah. but there are a lot of things which really are. So yeah. they, they kind of continued that a little bit. But through Taoism, I then came across the work of Alan Watts. And Alan Watts is now all over YouTube if your algorithm is tuned. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was a British guy, went to California in the 1950s, had been a Church of England minister, okay. but then began to study particularly the Hindu and Buddhist and Taoist mm. texts. Yeah. Yeah. So those sort of um, East Asian religions primarily mm. and yeah. was giving talks around California and the States through the 1960s and early 70s. And that fortunately, they recorded a lot of his talks. Now, in that he refers frequently to this notion of the perennial philosophy and the perennial philosophy is this idea that irrespective of where people are in the world or when they have lived you can have an overwhelming kind of enlightenment experience and it's not necessarily long-lived this is not to say you are enlightened or anything like yeah. that yeah but they have certain features that as i say uh occur very consistently across time and um, culture and space and this is a feeling of complete loss of self loss of ego mm. a complete connection with absolutely everything mm. this kind of weird feeling that everything is kind of happening exactly as it should be mm -hmm. even if it can feel like sometimes everything is going down the plug hole and yeah you know, yeah going bad that there's a sort of reason for that um, and there are various other factors but that's the sort of experience of that but people began in the 19th century when they had enough access and translations of all these different wisdom texts mm -hmm. to then begin to draw out the commonalities yeah. what is common to christianity what is common to islam buddhism mm -hmm. hinduism yeah. taoism Confucianism, Zen, um, even um, some of the uh, more pagan orientated um, mm. religions, um, all the various shaman traditions and yeah. so on. This culminated for me, and this is this turns out it was a huge influence on Alan Watts in a book written by Aldous, Huck, Aldous Huxley. Now, mm. you probably know Aldous Huxley through Brave New World, yeah. which has yep. been a very popular fiction fictional book about the um, concerns, problems, 
um, regarding totalitarian regimes. He also wrote a very famous book called The Doors of Perception about tripping on mescaline. But bookmarked between those very, very two different books is his book called The Perennial Philosophy. Mm. And this is obviously 50 years before the internet he wrote this. The level of scholarship and the breadth of sources he has in that book is just extraordinary. And the way he draws it all together into sort of 25 different chapters, all with different kind of headings. It's not like someone saying they're just being spiritual and kind of cher cherry picking the bits that they like. Yeah. Different it's saying, OK. This is common across all of them, and we love to focus on difference and we love to focus on the arguments between mm. different mm. wisdom traditions. But there is just a vast amount that is extremely consistent. And so I, I've begun to draw that out, been influenced by a lot of the different philosophical ideas into my own conception of what we could call the force, but has been known by so many names, by so many different people through history, but they are still referring to the same thing. Yeah. The absolute, the mm. set of all sets, mm. the ground of being. Yeah. Um, you know, people have come up with so many different names. And I think it's completely justified for Star Wars fans or anyone who's been heavily influenced by that work to say, this is exactly what they were getting at with the force. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, as you were talking there, I just think of like, because um, I think Star Wars for so many people is, um, it's very captivating. It's, it, there's something that, uh, about Star Wars that kind of pulls at your heart that and a lot of good storytelling arcs and things but I think also with the force like we are um, I mean in my beliefs and in uh, as a Christian but also I know a lot of other people it's uh, whether whatever religion or even if you're not necessarily religious to uh, um, a specific religion it is like we have to have this spirit we're spiritual beings um and like Correct. that it really pulls at who we are and so i think that's like one thing about star wars that um i just have found really interesting and it's been cool to see like different different people that have that pull and feeling that and like as you were talking about that it's like how even george lucas as he was creating this had this in the back of his mind it's just interesting to see the even the background to maybe where the force came from in George's mind as we now we get this thing on the screen as uh, movies and things. And then it's and that's why I, I at least for me, what part of the reason it hits hits home so much. And the reason I love Star Wars is because of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think as is pretty well documented, he was a student of Joseph Campbell. So mm. the hero's journey narrative is, I, there's no better exponent than yeah. Star Wars for the sort of archetypal example of what the hero's journey yeah. involves. And then when you actually read Joseph Campbell, um, it kind of makes even more and more sense. You know, his mm. view that this meta myth, this hero's journey of an arc of kind of narrative mm. that leads to some sort of realization, some sort of going to a different place, learning something new, facing challenges, turning down the call to adventure, all yeah. these different segments. We 
can apply those to our lives, even if it's just something as simple as, I don't know, getting up half an hour earlier in the morning or mm, yeah. changing our diet to something a bit more healthy. Mm. It can be something as relatively small as that, yeah. or it can also map onto the whole trajectory of our lives as well. Mm. But what Joseph Campbell ultimately says is that myth is kind of represented. Yes, they are engaging stories and they have meaning to us because they do represent what our lives can be like. But ultimately, myth and the characters of myth are kind of misread as stories. They talk to fundamental psychological truths mm. in human beings, which yeah. don't seem to change over time or with culture or with anything else. These seem mm. to be very intrinsic to what it means to be a human being, which is why I think the Star Wars movies speak to us so well. Yeah. Yes, they're well made and they're engaging stories mm -hmm. and they look great and the music's fantastic. But fundamentally, it's it's those things that really draw us in and where we can genuinely learn something directly from the movies or, as I've done, use it as a springboard to then mm. go and investigate the influences. Yeah. And I mean, my goodness, I feel so privileged to live in 2024 mm. when literally on my phone in my pocket, I have access to all the wisdom that has ever been put down on yeah. paper. Yeah. Now, how you pass that out, how you make sense of that, <laughs> maybe becomes increasingly difficult. It can be yeah. almost like information overload. Yeah. But to have that there and have access to that and to be able to work with that, I, it's just I find that a huge privilege that sometimes we too easily overlook. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we we can definitely take those things for granted. Um, the resources and things we have access to. Um, and yeah, definitely. I think another thing you mentioned uh, a little bit before, too, is like the fact that like uh, you mentioned like these wisdom, this wisdom literature, this text um, that um, goes into Taoism and these other other areas that um, <clears throat> had this influence on what Star Wars ended up being. In the force specifically but is like is and kind of going back to us as like humans and why we relate to that and all that is the fact that like these texts are thousands of years old um and i mean some of them vary and how old they are exactly but we like th these were concepts and ideas that humans were talking about and thinking about um in ancient greece and ancient rome and ancient egyptian times and even back before that like and so it's just i find that uh it's just interesting that those types of concepts hey like this isn't new like um these ideas aren't new but it's put in a new format um in the 20th century and 21st century that we are intaking and so i just find that so um so very very intriguing um and kind of gives me even more of a respect for um what george did um with star wars and where he pulled the, everything from um knowing that uh there's a lot of history behind what what he was going for um and i find that super intriguing as you were talking about that yeah i i i, I totally agree and i guess star wars could have happened anywhere at any time but to be in northern california grew up in that area in the mm -hmm. late 60s and early yeah. 70s as george did 
he was in the right place. That was like the cutting edge mm. of where this comparative kind of spiritual spirituality was coalescing. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of no coincidence that it came out there and then, but it must have taken a massive leap. No one had ever tried to introduce anything mm-hmm. like this or anything else. Yeah. It was kind yeah. of mad. Hey, y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys uh, got a lot out of this. And um, I'm going to say here at the end, like, I, um, and I believe Andy and I portrayed this well, but, like, regardless of your guys' religion, your background, your beliefs, uh, we just really want to respect that. And so I hope we did that well. I hope we just opened up the conversation for that. Um, and I hope you guys learned and just enjoyed our conversation, the first part of this interview with Andy. And come back next week, or at the end of the week here on Friday, and catch the rest of this episode. Um, and just enjoy that. Light the fire.